0: some nerds have a podcast i'm nick i'm elise and i'm alex and before we get into things this week uh guys i, I wanted to surprise you with this we have a, a new sponsor on the program this week Oh wait, what's this? so we've I... got a we've got a uh we've got an ad read so before we go any further let's go ahead and take a word from our sponsor we have a sponsor we have now. a sponsor now yeah oh, amazing today's episode of some nerds have a podcast is brought to you by trump brand government rations When you get home from your third minimum wage shift of the evening, it can be a real pain to have to go to the grocery store, figure out what you can actually afford, and think of what to feed your kids, whose only hot meal today was a hot dog on a piece of white bread and five tater tots at their underfunded school cafeteria. That's where Trump brand government rations come in. Trump Brand Government Rations is the new food delivery service for low-income Americans, brought to you by the U.S. government, a subsidiary of the Trump Organization. At Trump Brand Government Rations, our team of underpaid undocumented workers will send you a box of technically food every month, randomly selected from the best of what off-brand canned goods has to offer. From loops of spaghetti in meat sauce to spram to what I think is a fruit cocktail, but the label has fallen off. Trump brand government rations probably fills enough of your nutritional requirements for you to stagger through another day of drudgery, peasant. Each box has enough food to fill the box, and how much you decide to use and how much you decide to squirrel away in case one of your jobs decides to fire you and you have to start rationing even this meager portion is entirely up to you. Each meal is also easy to prepare. Some of the cans probably have instructions on the label or something. Or you can dump the swill we have deigned to give you into a pot, heat it up, and feed it to your spawn. It's just that simple. Worried about food allergies or other dietary restrictions? Fuck you. You should have thought of that before choosing to be poor. You do not even deserve the illusion of agency. And that's not all. If you sign up today at trumpfoods.gov/some nerds and use our promo code <laughs> Nice Cans at checkout, we'll throw in an extra can of expired name brand food for only five dollars upcharge. That's trumpfood.gov/some nerds promo code Nice Cans. Trump brand government rations. You are worthless, and it's more than you deserve. <laughs>
1: got to be so. better than whatever the Bezos Corporation is
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, giving them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
2: what do we get with this new sponsor? I, I mean, they, they,
0: they told me the check was in the mail, but I was just so excited that I had to go ahead and, and read it this week. Yeah,
2: so, no, that's fair. I
0: don't know. I'm sure we're getting something nice. I
1: mean, I think it's the fact that we don't get carted off for another
0: two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you don't get arrested this week, arrested. Some nerds. Yay. Read this. Yeah, yeah. So that's in response to you, the... Uh, Oh, my God. I can't. The current event. <laughs> sorry, I was about to say I literally can't even. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah.
0: So, so much for uh, keeping politics out of it this yeah. week. Sorry. <laughs> I wrote that earlier today. I hope no, you're okay with that. No, that was Go great. On. That was <laughs> great. That's great.
2: Uh, for those of you who need background on this, which, uh, really? Know. Probably. Maybe. I um, mean, if you're in a different country or something. Yeah, that's true. Is, so, there are food stamps, which is like an EBT debit card. That you can take to the food market and buy food, you know, because that makes yeah. sense. And you no, know, no, and it's it's a good program. It's not. There, it, there are lots of allegations of abuse of food stamps.
1: Most of them are baloney. Most yeah. of them are
2: baloney. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, is that most people are using food stamps because they need them. Yes, and you can't even
0: buy a fucking hot sandwich at Wawa. Oh with yeah. Food yeah, stamps. yeah. <laughs> if
2: you go to Wawa, they have a sign saying like. Unfortunately, you can't buy Uh, if you're using EBT, which is the shorthand for food stamps. Uh, to make this purchase, know that we cannot toast your sandwich because then it's considered restaurant food, which is not covered by food stamps. What? Which yeah. Also, really? there's like really? yes, really. There was fucking a, there, really. There, Holy we were shit. we were yeah. going
0: to Wawa. This was a while back, but we. This really places us. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Well, I, know, right? I mean, it's we're in a specific area of the, the Mid Atlantic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people know we're in Virginia. Surprise, There surprise, are Wawas yeah. all over Virginia. Um, but yeah, no, it's like. You go. We went to this the store several months back. We went to the Wawa several months back because that's where we usually go on the way to D and D for our, our dinner. Um, and there was a sign on the little screen, like where you order your sandwich, that that specified this. So anyway, that's that is El Trumpo's uh uh, uh suggest like solution for this is just like for this
2: non abuse, non abuse, non abuse. Um. Program that works really well, and you know, blah. okay. So, fucking food stamps are great. Food stamps are great. Quote Elise 2018. Food stamps are great. Um, but one of the things that's really cool about food stamps is a lot of farmers market, including our local farmers market, mm-hmm. will. Basically they set up a fund where they will double your food stamps up to twenty dollars so that way families, low income families can have access to fresh like fruits and vegetables, food. real food, and farmers can have another market to sell their goods another group of people that they can sell their goods to. Yes. Um it's a great fucking program for everybody. Basically how it works is like you go, you can trade in your instead of like using an ATM, you can get like cash back on your card for like food. For um, tokens to spend at the farmers market, and then like they'll usually say like, "Hey, do you want to do- donate like a dollar to this program?" But if you get like enough yuppies to say yes, then you can double the food stamps for people that really need it. Yeah. Um. So it's it's a great fucking program. It's a great fucking program. Yes. And it's a program that you know works, and we should fund more, and we should expand it, and blah blah blah. And so instead of doing those things, the Trump administration's like, maybe we should just send them a box of food every month, which, okay, you can get access if you are poor. I'm sorry. you know, we said we were going to talk about politics. <laughs> so this is like a nerve. This is a nerve for me. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs>
2: which is that if you're poor, you can get access to staple, to food pantry staples. You know, what I mean? pantry staples like peanut butter, pasta, you know, tan- canned tuna, spam whatever those things are really readily available at a lot of food pantries and there's like there are not enough food pantries they often go bare in the summer so if you know if you're around in the summer like go drop off a bag of groceries at your local food pantry because they need it um but the the point is is that that's not what food stamps should cover food stamps need to cover the gap things the things that you can't get from a food pantry the thing perishables like you know fucking milk and cheese and lettuce and like all of these staples that people who aren't on food stamps take for granted you cannot get these at food pantries because there there are a lot of regulations about what you can have at food pantries and you know probably rightfully so a lot of them you know you can't have refrigerated goods because then they go bad and then like what you this p- family is already suffering, and then you give them expired milk, and it's a whole fucking clusterfuck. So that's why we fucking have food stamps, you fucking idiots.
0: Anyway, I'm sorry. Tell us how you really feel, at least.
2: <laughs> sorry, there goes I'm our don't, sponsorship. Don't... By now. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, I couldn't think of the greater food good guys. <laughs> <laughs> it made me so angry. But yeah, you know, and just just let people have food stamps, damn it. Yeah. Just fucking let them have food stamps.
0: I, this is like, I, 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 something about this news story today, and like knowing that we were going to be recording, at like it just made me think of how, you know, how many real podcasts, like like Big Boy Podcasts, are sponsored by things like HelloFresh and and Blue Brave Apron, brand, yeah. And so I was, I, I just, I found them, wrote the most dystopian ad read. <sighs> For that, for that kind of service that I could think of.
2: Which we get, we get Blue Apron. And the thing about Blue Apron is like, and they were like, it'll be like a Blue Apron service, um, which Blue Apron only covers three fucking meals. yeah, Like it's three dinners. That's it. 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 And you know, it's great for us.
0: Yeah. As two, two. Employed individuals. Childless working professionals who actually have an income.
2: Also known as dinks. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, like. Double income, no kids, Blue Apron is great for us, but it's not it's not a practical program for what low income families need, you know. And yeah, and like they, you know, we should also think about expanding community centers and giving people access to cooking classes about like how to prepare healthy dishes on the cheap. And I'm not saying that any of those things are bad ideas, but they're not fixing the fucking problem. Yeah. So fucking leave food stamps alone. Yes. That's how I feel. And I'm sorry if we lose like five listeners because of this, but I don't <laughs> care. Okay. We'll we'll still we'll still broadcast this to the two of you who are still yeah. listening. Didn't
0: didn't didn't you weren't you telling us the other day, Alex, that like there were like there was some like por, like portion of like Trump Twitter that was doing something with our podcast uh, or something? So
1: uh, I don't know if they were actually listening to the podcast, but
0: <laughs> probably when, not.
1: When considering <laughs> every, every they s- to it
2: for five minutes, and they're like Ugh, these people. <laughs>
1: when, like, when we got retweeted by Wakaliwood, Wakaliwood. Oh, that's, what that's right. It was, there were some right, people from right. them that that liked the tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess the Ugandan not, knuckles crowd. Yeah, the uh, Ugandan yeah. knuckles crowd liked our tweet, but uh, I don't know if they actually listened to us. Probably so. not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. if
2: you people are listening, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just gonna go on record yeah, and say that. Another quote, Elise Hollick. (laughs) February 2018. Yep. So that's... Fuck you, alt-right. That's that. You're fucking Nazis. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can step down off this soapbox now. Uh, (laughs) Make
0: the soapbox (laughs) a
2: Everyone on the soapbox... I don't know. It's just... I know people that are on food stamps. You know...
0: It's a program that works. It's a
2: program it's that works, and, and it's good. It, 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 and, you know,
1: it doesn't. It doesn't end systemic poverty, but neither
0: would this. Neither, it
1: would this would make it worse. It, yes. This would
2: actually make systemic poverty worse.
1: Yeah.
0: So. Uh, uh, yeah. So how is everyone's week? <laughs> what did, what did we all? Yeah, what did we all do this week oh, or the, this like week and a half? It's been kind We're, of a while. Sorry, since
1: we, yeah, sorry about uh, not not updating the uh, podcast on Thursday, guys. We yeah. got a
0: pretty hectic week for all of us. So
2: we uh, working working is hard. Working,
0: working is, is hard. Working is hard. Sometimes uh, it's also like I don't know. Sometimes we, you get
2: extra projects at work. And you
0: guys, you guys yeah. got a bonus episode in there. You mm. know what? Yeah, you, don't we complain. Don't, we don't owe you anything. Yeah.
2: Nobody's been saying that. Nobody's been now saying Now we that. lost those last
0: two <laughs> listeners. Damn it. Now that no one's listening, we can just leave.
2: Revolution starts at dawn.
0: <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, yep. But, but you know, I mean, we, in all seriousness, that bonus episode was a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to it yet and you're listening to this, go maybe go check that out. Uh, we interviewed Taylor Smith who, who created Spell. He, he heard our episode all, when we talked about Spell and he wanted to talk to us and next weekend we're going to be playing the game with him he's going to run it for us and we're going to make some player characters and probably it'll be recorded and, and i don't yeah, we may have us another we'll may have another special episode, another special episode. Yeah. and if that one goes well we might do more things like that in the future not necessarily with the game's creators but yeah. You yeah. Know, knock on wood maybe maybe with them we'll see we'll see <laughs> never <Yeah>. say never <laughs> i never thought that this would be happening so that's that's one thing yeah um, yeah. yeah! Yeah! Yeah!
1: Quite the amazing turn of
0: events. I yeah! Think. Yeah! Yes. No, it was yeah. pre- it was really cool. We
2: went out. We had a victory dinner. It was great.
0: We had a victory dinner. We we actually sounded mostly like professional. There was not a single curse word in that entire episode. I don't think. At least we didn't say one. I don't think. I yeah.
1: don't think there. Maybe there was. Some. I don't it's, remember. It's
0: our it's our first and only G rated uh, podcast. <laughs> I, I listed
1: it as explicit on SoundCloud just just in case. In case. But, yeah. You know.
0: I don't think we did. I think that was actually kind of, like, a very clean episode. And, like, it was, like, informative and very much unlike Not every us. other. Yeah, every. Not
2: us unlike every other
0: episode of this of this Man. program.
2: I, sh- I should have gotten a rant about something.
0: In the middle of the In interview.
2: The of- <laughs> I'm going to let you finish Taylor Smith. But, <laughs> but. But. Food Stamps is a program that fucking works. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Uh.
0: Uh, okay. What did we do other than other than the Taylor Smith interview? I don't know. We haven't had a whole lot of time for consuming media. media. Yeah. We've been really busy. I,
1: I did a th- I did a thing briefly. I didn't. I actually played a, a game. Um, it was uh another visual novel kind of game. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, it was done. Ba- basically, what happened was I had saw I had finished playing Doki Doki. And I'd seen how uh, they the creator used Renplay, which is a program to make visual novels. And I was looking at other Renplay-like games. And uh, one of the ones I found was Over the Hills and Far Away. Have hey. you heard of that particular uh, game? The,
0: the Blood Zeppelin song?
1: Uh, or the, you know, 16th century folk song. Oh. Um, because this is a game about the War of 1812. Okay. Uh, it's, it's set in... I guess 1813, after the Battle of the Thames, out up, not the Thames River in England, but the one in Canada. Okay. Uh, and basically, it's about uh, William, William Aubrey, who is a deserter from the British Army, okay. uh, making his way, trying to make his way out of the Downtown. war zone. No, I'm sorry. Uh tr- I mean, trying to make his way out of the, the war zone and uh, away from, you know, the British who are looking for deserters and the Americans who are trying to shoot all British on sight. Uh, and runs into a... And he has to
0: choose between three beautiful women. No, oh, no. no. <laughs> Sorry. Uh,
1: he runs into a, a barn, an abandoned barn, and runs into a Shawnee girl who's lost. And the idea is that uh, he's going to try to help her find her way back home yeah. and hopefully get a heart, because this guy at the beginning... I haven't finished the, the, the game, but this guy in the beginning is an asshole, <laughs> as per what Europeans would view Native peoples in the 1800s. Yeah. You know? And, you know, it's it's weird to say that, but it's like you have this character that's ostensibly the protagonist with a worldview that, in a modern era, we find, you know, reprehensible, or at least I hope we find reprehensible, uh, treating her as, you know, basically like, like taking her things without asking for them, just kind of treating her as lesser than him. And at the time, that was probably... The majority of you know white settler culture in that region, uh, British or American. So it was it was weird to see, but it's a important story to tell. Yeah, absolutely. I just have to get past that in order to actually get to the part where he grows as a fucking character. Hope
0: which hopefully happens. Hopefully he
1: will. Uh, like I said, but I haven't finished. Keep it, us but posted but on
0: whether or not this person turns into a person at any <laughs> <Yeah>. point.
1: <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. So that that's that's one of the things I saw, and and it was you know. Something that I thought was interesting and that that period in history is one I'm a bit familiar with, but not as much. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, dealing with native cultures is something that I am definitely interested in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, Very
0: cool. So. Um, all right. Elise, what did you do?
2: I went and saw I, Tanya. I um, t- what is I, Tanya? So I, Tanya is the biopic about Tanya Hurting. Um, which in the most nineties thing that ever fucking happened, what, so, okay. <laughs> Do you guys know anything about Tanya Harding and, uh, I'm trying to think of the other girl's name and now I'm like, oh God, drawing, what drawing is on her name?
0: It. Um, there was oh, just a, we were just watching a show where, where there was a joke about her, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the woman that she had kneecaps, Nancy Kerrigan, Nancy Kerrigan. Kerrigan. Yes, Nancy Kerrigan.
2: Okay, so this was like the most 90s thing that ever fucking happened, which was uh, there's these two ice princesses, and Nancy Kerrigan is like the, you know, very waspy, upper class um, skater from, ice princess skater from um, Massachusetts, right? And Tanya Harding is like, the redneck upstart, um, you know, from middle of nowhere, Washington, uh, like Portland, Washington area. Portland, Portland, Oregon. I don't, know. Oregon. I, I don't, I don't fucking know. Okay, she's from the middle of nowhere. Okay. Um, Portland's not the middle. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> Let me talk. This.
0: There way. are places in Washington State, and there are places in Oregon that are the middle of nowhere. Okay. I, like, think I'm not a, I feel like I
2: should have just. Someone else should have gone. Sorry. Well, I don't know I... anything
1: about this this person or their life, so I really okay. couldn't say. Um, but I mean, I'm
2: just going to pull up the right? figure skaters. Yeah. Uh, Alex
0: was a zygote when this happened, so.
2: Oh, God, that's right. You're so young. <laughs> what year you okay. was this?
0: Uh, 96, I want to say. Okay, no, I was, I was yeah, too... It was
2: the. Um...
0: Yeah, because it was like. Oh, yeah. No, it would have been 94. Right? Because of the, the Winter uh, Olympics.
2: Yeah, it was the Winter Olympics. All right. I would have been one year. And the 1994 Winter Olympics, I want to say.
0: At most, I would um,
2: have been one. Yeah. OK. Portland, <laughs> Oregon. I apologize. Okay. Not Washington. She was she was from Portland, Oregon. Um, she started ice skating lessons, like, at the age of four from her mother, who was really, like, uh, in the movie, she's very, like, abusive. Um, she pushes Tanya, like, really super hard um to be like a champion she doesn't offer like a lot of affection um and like her father is also abusive and she ends up marrying young and her husband's abusive and it's like a b- b- a cycle of like systemic poverty um it, it's a very sad story but she like breaks out and she becomes an olympian And she comes in fourth, and, you know, the skating community doesn't like her because she doesn't represent, like, what they want. She made all of her own costumes, and they were, like, bedazzled and very, like, flamboyant. Um, You know, and she danced to, like, ZZ's top and everything like that. What she's most known for is the fact that she was the first woman to ever land a triple axel in a competition. Mm. Um, And... Which has only ever happened one more time, and it happened actually at this most recent uh, Winter, Olympics. Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang, uh, which were where there was so I think she was right. Canadian. Yeah, right now, like this past week. So from 1994, uh, you know, to the early 1990s to like today in 2018. That's how long it was before before another woman ever attempted what she did, which was land this triple axel. And so that's what she's most known for. The second thing she's also known for is the fact that, like, her – so she's married to this idiot, and he's got a best friend. And his best friend is, like, a, a, trying to get some sort of, like, bodyguarding business off the ground. So he calls in a death threat first to Tanya Harding. To kind of screw with her head Uh and to convince. So he calls the police and is like, gives a death threat. The the police are like, hey, you know, if you skate tonight, this is like the death threat that we've gotten on your life. And you're going to get shot in bed. Like, we don't know how credible it is, but we also can't guarantee your safety. So she freaks the fuck out and then hires him on as a bodyguard. So it kind of works out for him. And so they were like, oh, like you know, if we messed, if it, was, I bet it was Nancy. Like they don't know, they don't know that it was the idiot best friend. And so um, they're like, oh, I bet it was Nancy Kerrigan's people. So we should do something to like fuck with her. And so the she doesn't know anything about this. And like, there's a lot of, I'm gonna give you the facts that I'm gonna give you kind of how what I'm telling you might not actually be the truth. There's a lot of unreliable narrators in this story. But basically, um. Someone from Tanya Harding's team ended up hiring some guys who then after as Nancy Kerrigan was coming out for a practice basically took a like a metal baton and whacked her in the knee and then walked off and there was like blood everywhere and she's like screaming and she's gotten blood all over her like twelve thousand dollar Vera weighing ice skating dress and it's like freaking the fuck out. And so the movie is really interesting because it plays a lot with this idea of like there are a lot of unreliable narrators in this story. Hmm. Because it's like no one really knows you don't really know if like Tanya's telling the truth. You don't really know if like her husband, because everybody blames each other for what happened, and everybody's like, oh, it was so-and-so's fault. Well, I didn't know anything about this. It was really so-and-so. And the whole thing is like this gigantic clusterfuck. But <laughs> with that being said, the movie was is it, hilarious. Uh, was this
1: done by the Coen brothers?
2: No, no, no. no. Um, I'm trying to think who um, actually did the movie.
0: Yeah. It... Give me a second. I, I, I pulled some um, stuff up. Yeah. Uh...
1: But, yeah, no, I, I had not heard about any of this. I, I guess fig, figure skating is not something that I had known about. This,
0: and... this is something that, like, I and Elise said that, like, this was the thing that she was second most known for. But I would make the argument that most people who know You're, the yeah. name Tanya Harding, if they know nothing else, because I literally know nothing else about her. other than Oh, yeah, she was the one that had that other figure skater, like, kneecapped and, like, crippled, yeah. right? Like... I, uh... That, like, the, it was a big... Like, in the mid-90s, it was a big deal. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a line about it in, like, a Weird Al song. Yeah. Like... Possibly. That's the kind of... That's the kind of thing...
2: So I guess I should flip-flop it, which is that most people know her for this, but the the other thing, she was... In her time, she was actually a really great figure skater. Um, It was a really sad life because, like, her parents made her drop out of high school, so Mm -hmm. she never got – she eventually got her GED, but, like, skating was the only thing she had, and so, like, everything was riding on it. And then after what happened, the skating community stripped her of all of her titles. She was stripped of all of her – like, she was the U.S. champion, so any medals that she earned, she was stripped of those. And she was barred from ever participating in figure skating competition again, um, and this was like the one thing she did that could have possibly supported That's her life or anything. And so now it's like she, she ended up divorcing the guy. She now has like a kid. She lives out in the middle of nowhere and builds decks okay. and like kind of lived a normal life until the
0: Margot so somebody- Robbie
2: was like, hey, I want to make a movie about your life. Uh, Because she she ended up writing a book a couple of years ago that got published. Mm. And so I think then, like, um, some people in Hollywood, I guess, read the book and got really excited about it. I know Margot Robbie. I think Margot Robbie sat in as a producer on on it. But it was directed by Craig Gillespie.
0: He also directed Lars and the Real Girl. um, The remake of Fright Night. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of episodes of United States of tar- Terra and, like, not really anything else of note.
2: So they, it kind of makes a lot of sense, though, because, like, both United States of Terra and um, Lars and the Real Girl are these movies that are set in very real, like, they're very real settings. They're very, like, um, authentic settings, I guess I I want to say. But kind of weird things happen. and it plays a lot with reality. Like in Lars and the real Girl, it's this guy who is in love with,, um, oh, he buys a real doll on the he's a shut-in who buys a real yeah. doll on the internet. Um, and so then the the town kind of decides like, and he starts parading it around like as his girlfriend. And so the town is like, okay and they just they they talk to the doll they like treat her as like a member of the community at one point they're like oh l- like we're gonna take her out for drinks and he's like no no no." And he, they were like you have to let her have her girl time like mm-hmm. you can't you know you're smothering her why don't you go play bowling with the with the boys and he was like okay and like because of this situation it eventually helps him become less of a shut-in and become more a part of this this small community um united and they and both that and united states of terror take place in like rural yeah more rural areas united states of terror takes place in kansas Mm -hmm. i want to say um so like crunchy real americana but with this um, uh, quirky touches like graces the edges of magical realism um, so it actually makes a lot of sense that this was the guy that was behind the that directed I, Tanya. Yeah. Um, but it, it's actually a great movie. It's hilarious and also sad. And I remember I like watched it. And then my friend at the end turned to me and was like, this was the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly like everybody was a little like out of their minds no one really knew what to do with themselves everything was bedazzled every <laughs> you know the 24-hour news cycle was just about to happen which is why it became like such a big story is because yeah they had to keep filling they had nothing else to fill these hours with yeah, and yeah. so of tabloid media and so they would do they did terrible things like they let the air out of her tires, so she would have to come out they got her car towed because uh, she So Tanya Harding um, would basically like sat in her studio apartment and wouldn't come out. And all of these like reporters, you know, wanted to talk to her. Um, And yeah, they they pulled all of these like crazy tricks to try to get her out. And yeah, she ended up becoming like a lady boxer for a couple of years. I remember that. Yeah,
0: I do remember that. Like there was like this this whole thing about like this was like kind of at the dawn of like reality television, yeah, yeah, they did, like, this... Like, f- I'm pretty sure it was Fox, because who the fuck else would do this? But there was a celebrity boxing show. Yeah, yeah. And she, and she was, was one on of it. the first people on there. I completely yeah, forgot about that.
2: Yeah. God
0: damn, the 90s were a weird time. It was a
2: weird fucking Holy time. Holy
0: shit. Uh,
2: and, like, the this movie is, like, the opinion... Be glad that you did not live through I most mean, of the 90s. What was
1: big for me in the 90s was, like, Barney and shit. So yeah, yeah, right yeah. <laughs>
2: No, not for the rest of us. I'm just kidding. But yeah, it was, I I don't know, it it was a great fucking movie. Like, if you get a chance to see it, go see it. It is is hilarious, but also dark. There is this feeling of, like, they, do you guys mind if I spoil a little bit of it? I mean, like you already know what yeah, fucking happened. I mean, it's like a
0: real story. It's
2: a real story. We all know. Guys, the ship sinks at the end <laughs> of Titan. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, but but I think the the coolest thing for me was like at the end they ended up intersplicing um, images of her landing her triple axle in this like crazy over the top girly dress and. Um, her getting the shit beat out of her as a celebrity boxer (laughs) and, and with, you know, and her talking directly, there's a lot of like talking directly to the audience. So they play a lot with the fourth wall. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of playing with unreliable narrators. You don't know like who's telling the truth all the time, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's fascinating both from a sort of pop culture historian perspective. Mm. Of this insane thing that fucking happened, um, and and just from a filmmaking perspective, the things that they do, they get really creative with a very like tabloidy. Story. They make this like very like tabloid story into something that's incredibly nuanced and interesting. Um, in a way that you're just like, what the fuck? You know? So so in the, on the surface, it seems like why the hell is a biopic about um, Tanya Harding being nominated for an Oscar? And then you go see it and you're like, oh. Uh, the
0: movie itself has not been nominated. But Margot Robbie yeah. and Allison Janney have been nominated for acting. I,
2: I'm, yeah. I apologize. It was nominated. It was nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but Margot Robbie is insanely good at that. Good in it. It's. Anywhere, go see it. It's this, a great fucking movie.
0: Uh we also watched another movie you and I. That yeah. Was, that was also that a really was, good that movie. Is that is actually nominated. nominated. For... Uh now we we went to go see The Shape of Water and I kind of yes. want to talk about this for a bit. I, I don't want to go into spoilers. Can we say that now?
2: Yeah, let's not go into spoilers okay, cuz um,
0: I actually do want to yeah, see this. And, and yeah. And and I and I recommend that everyone go see it. Um if you are like me, if you are a fan of Guillermo del Toro and you want to watch all of his movies, this is, it, it's a lot like Pan's Labyrinth in, like, tone, um, but less in, it doesn't play as much with the sense of reality. Like, it's its all, like... Is it very, still about fascism? N- kind of. Okay. not yeah, yeah. Not as much. It, it's more about, like...
2: There's definitely the white patriarchy. The, the side white, yeah, it's like American white yeah. pa-
0: patriarchy, mm-hmm. fascism, more than like 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 straight up fascism. Um, not that
2: we deal with that today. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> that's um, all behind us. I,
0: I would say it is not as. Good Good as Pan's Labyrinth. Now it has been a long time since I've seen Pan's Labyrinth, but in my mind, I'm remembering it being. I'm not saying yeah. it's bad movie. I'm just saying if I'm rating, like you're, you're wearing rose spectacles. Right? I, I I don't I don't know if that's the case. I, I I because I do feel like I came out of when I did see because I saw Pan's Labyrinth in theaters as well, and I knew less of what I was getting into mm. when I went to go see it, um, because. I was expecting the movie that uh, that was being marketed to me, which was kind of like, oh, it's like Alice in Wonderland, but it's a little bit darker. And that is not the movie. Del Del
1: Toro's unfortunate circumstance of being poorly marketed in films. Yeah. What was the one at the the house and the what's it called? The. Never mind. Continue. No, I okay.
2: I, I will see. Oh,
0: oh, Crimson that's Peak. It. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I still haven't seen that
1: one, actually. Yeah, that one was mis misadvertised as well. Anyway,
2: continue. Um, I was going to say, I don't. Okay. Now, no, I'm going to say this, and I haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. But from what I'm familiar with, I would say that it's. Maybe that it's not necessarily the better film, yeah. But Shape of Water is more mainstream. That
0: is definitely true. Yeah, it is definitely more of a mainstream. And I think that that it's kind of because a lot of people, because of how because of how uh, Pan's Labyrinth was marketed, I know that the people I went to go see it with were like, "Oh, that's not the movie I wanted to see." I'm like, it wasn't the movie I was expecting to see either, but I fucking loved it. Like, because it yeah. was it was a really good movie. Mm. Um, whereas this. If you go see Shape of Water, you're gonna get exactly the movie that you thought you were going you to, to see it. based off the trailers. Yeah. So, okay. Like there's very little in the way of surprise, which is why I think it's better.
2: Sorry. Um, I was gonna say that it, you you watch it and you definitely get the sense that this is something though that there was some Hollywood director that took Guillermo del Toro aside and was like, okay, if you want an Oscar, you gotta you gotta tone down the weird shit. And he's like, Putero! I don't know how Guillermo de Toro speaks. No, he's Spanish. But he's like, Bleh! he's not Italian. <laughs> no, okay. He's
0: not but an Italian like, type. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's
2: stereotype. Guillermo no, del Toro. Spanish stereotype. Okay, I don't know. Okay. Okay. But yeah, yeah uh, let's just, uh, just stop cut, there. Cut,
0: Stop while you're behind.
2: But anyway, you definitely get the sense that this is something very manicured um in in hopes of getting Guill- Guillermo del Toro recognized by a water wider audience. Um, and he did have like a very mainstream release. Um, I think it was kind of like a rolling release. I want to say uh, like, I, I, it I got
0: that sense because we had been trying to see it for, a, for while, a while. And like when it was not, when it was playing further away from us, it wasn't playing nearer to us and now then it started playing in a theater closer to us and stopped playing at the one that yeah. was further away
2: so so it was it was a rolling release but it had that kind of it had a much wider release than Pan's Labyrinth mm-hmm. um, so you definitely get the the sense that this is something that was edit it, it is editorialized Guillermo de Toro yeah for a mainstream audience in order to give him wider appeal uh- and to kind of appeal to the Oscar to pay
1: those bills while he's, yeah, while he's still working. Yeah, to pay those bills. To pay those bills still working with. Uh, okay. Konami with or, that said, with though, Kojima. the spirit yeah. is
2: very, the spirit is great. It's a lovely movie. Um, there is still all of the wonderful magical realism that I think people associate with Gilmar del Toro, um, but I would say it's not as. <sighs> I don't know how to because it's certainly not as violent Mm. as a lot of his other films
0: yeah no, it's it's got the stuff in there and i'm i'm gonna say that i don't feel like i don't get the sense that this was toned down Mm. because he makes kind of a wide variety of types of movies like he has a very definite style but it's like Pacific Rim and Hellboy are not the same movie as Pan's Labyrinth or Kronos or Devil's Backbone. Like they're all made in like clearly by the same filmmaker, but he has different things that he wants to make. And I get the sense that this was not something that got really meddled with. It is, it is more appealing. It is more mainstream, but he's made mainstream movies before. I mean, the, the two Hellboy movies are like, some of the first like real success stories with with comic book movies Mm. and they are doing so with a lesser known like not as you know lesser known superhero you know that they did a lot with a little oh and then blade too he also directed like so
2: crimson peak was a was a a traditional wide release yeah yeah too so so it's like
0: i'm not i i don't I don't think that it was being toned down. It is toned down compared to what's going on in Pan's Labyrinth. But it's a very similar movie to Pan's Labyrinth in a lot of ways. Um, Like like I said, in terms of tone. It is like a dark, modern fairy tale. So you get the sense with both of those movies that that's the kind of thing he wanted. But this is much more... Like, sweet and intimate and, like, but the the villains are very, very similar.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, the real monster is, you know, kind of emblematic of this force. So, in Pans Lamberth, it's, <laughs> it's someone who is very much emblematic of, you know, uh, Franco Spain. Uh,
2: Can we... uh can can we say once again, uh Toxic Masculinity toxic is the ma- villain? Yeah,
0: Toxic Masculinity is the villain in this movie. Yeah. Um, and it's it's Michael Shannon who, uh second time of being uh mentioned on this show, who is also
2: If you're li- listening, Michael Shannon, we'd love to interview. Yeah.
0: Also also <laughs> the star of the uh the film that we uh reviewed around Christmas time, uh what was the movie of that?
2: oh, oh, oh. Christmas Prince? No, it no, wasn't Christmas no. Prince. <laughs> it um, was the town. It was It was Pottersville. 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 Thank you. I was
0: going to say Pleasantville, but I knew that wasn't right. No. Yeah. Pottersville. Yeah. Yeah. The the protagonist of Pottersville is the villain in this one, (laughs) playing the character that he plays in like every other movie he's ever been in, which is one of the reasons why Pottersville is so jarring. So he is like basically this G Man, um, like kind of the um, kind of the M. Embodiment of like late Kennedy era, like 1960s, but like not deep into the 1960s, mm. like pre Kennedy assassination. Pre Beatles. Pre Beatles. Well, not exactly pre Beatles, but like it's pre. We're in the first season of Summer Mad Men. of Love. Yeah, yeah, the first season in of Mad Men, basically yeah. that kind of a guy working for the government. Um, with still the the 2.5 kids and the wife and the white picket fence,
2: and it takes place in Baltimore. And it
0: takes place in Baltimore, um, as the narrator says at the beginning, uh, a, a city close to Lucy the sea and- but far from everything
2: else. Shut up! I love Baltimore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was it was great that the way that they set the the tone at the beginning. Um, one of the characters narrates. At the beginning and the end, which is something that I usually don't like, but it kind of gives you... It brings you into the tone of, like, this is 20th century America, but it's a fairy tale. Yeah. Because the character describes the setting as a kingdom under the last few, uh, uh, the last reigns of a kindly prince, uh, or the last years of a kindly prince's reign in a city close to the sea, but far from everything else. And it's like, (laughs) it's Baltimore and Kennedy's America. So that's, it's great. It's a really good way of setting the tone. Um, But yeah, Michael Shannon is terrifying in this movie. And like the thing that makes him all the more terrifying is he feels thinks he's the hero mm-hmm. um, and he thinks he's like, you know, this self-made man and he's literally through most of the movie, literally rotting for, Like oh, <laughs> for a lot of what's going on, which is a great kind of a metaphor for, you know, what that type of person, this like man in the gray flannel suit felt at, at this point in time where, you know, we were just on the cusp of like the summer of love and just on the cusp of like the b- huge blossoming of the counterculture and civil rights and all these things. And and civil rights had already kind of been going. Yes. On yes. But like he's, the, there's interactions between this character and Olivia Spencer's character and her husband, um, which is very much like clearly he's still in the mindset of, this it is, is
2: it is the last it's the last
0: gasp, gasp of like yeah. of
2: when it, it's the last gasp of when every asshole over 50 is like don't you wish we could go back to the good old days like that's
1: wait that was the last gasp you mean we're not dealing with that well yeah. no, no no
2: no but i'm saying <laughs> but when like, those, those
1: were the days those,
2: those are the
0: days they're talking about <laughs> exactly yeah. like those
2: that that's the last of the days that these people these baby boomers when they're yeah. like the good old well, days i'm like I mean the time when, that you were three in nineteen sixty four. Anyway, when, when
0: like middle-aged white men could do literally whatever they, they wanted fun, to anyone wanted. they felt like, yeah, regardless of the consequences. That's yeah. that's a lot of the kind of metaphor of the movie, I suppose. Yeah. And so you know, you have these main characters. One one is an older gay man who is um, flirting with this younger man who like kind of has he has this like terrible realization when like he realizes that this guy's been flirting with him when he thinks he's just this kindly old man like that kind of like all these characters are like weirdos and outcasts and like rejects from the kind of american society that you yeah know, white baby boomers want to return to yeah um so we've got, you know, working poor, we have black people, we have you know, people who ha- are, are creatives and like homosexual and all of these different things. And we've got Doug Jones in a fish costume kind of like linking all of these characters together. Um, Doug Jones, by the way, should have won that golden globe. Like his performance as this creature is fucking great. Like all of the acting in this movie is really 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 good. But Doug Jones I mean, he this is the character He should that, be better known. He should, he should be, be better, better known and and I feel like like other actors, like actor actors who work with him kind of get the same sense. Mm. Like he's also in Hellboy. He plays the fishman in Hellboy. <laughs> um and in Hellboy 1, he is uh he was dubbed over by David Hyde Pierce. Mm. And when Hellboy 2 came around, David Hyde Pierce was like, this guy's a really good actor and, like, he can deliver these lines. You don't need me to dub over him. <laughs> and so he didn't do the role in the second movie. He just let Doug Jones play that character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, you know, he's that. He's that. He's also in... Um, he he's basically every like weird tall spindly thing yeah, he, in every in, in in every Guillermo del Toro movie. He was
1: in he was in John Dies at he's the
0: End. He's in John Dies at the End. He was also
1: <laughs> in the terrible um Marble Hornets movie. He is in the terrible
0: Marble Hornets as movie the as the Slenderman, as the operator. Yeah. Um the, you very rarely see his face. In John Dies at the End you actually get to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that might be why he's not as well known. Yeah. Because he's always in a suit, but he's so good at it. He's so good at conveying so many emotions without being able to speak a word. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the, the great things about this movie. and, And to me, the most impressive thing about the movie, um, is that both of the lead characters have so much charisma and so much, um, and so much like chemistry with one another and there is one of the, the 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 lead woman whose name is escaping me right now says one line in the entire movie and it's in a dream sequence and when it shifts from the reality to the dream and she says the line it is so like jarring and is so amazing um like it gave me goosebumps it's so so good like all of the acting in it is incredible it looks amazing are you talking about the the actress the the character
2: sally Hawkins. sally
0: Hawkins, thank you
2: is the she she's the woman that plays the lead yeah the lead actress eliza um
0: Eliza. eliza yeah um yeah she's she's great like everyone is great in it and like Octavia Spencer plays Octavia Spencer's character in every movie that she ever gets nominated for an Oscar for, um, but she's really good at that role. I kind of would like to see her branch out, and I do feel like
2: she gets she's also like she gets typecast. She gets
0: typecast, and, and like for the purposes of this movie, it doesn't bother me as much as it does in like The Help. The Help, yeah, <laughs> where because yeah. she's not.
2: She's a real, like they it's it's interesting how he plays with archetypes, mm-hmm. um, because they're definitely everybody's like a yeah, everyone, fully fleshed out character who
0: is at the same time very very, very archetypal, arch- yeah. Because again, because it's meant to be a fairy, a fairy tale. tale, that's appropriate, and I feel like it works really well with this. But yeah, they they like he, she's the black best friend, and she works as a, you know she works as a cleaning lady with this character, and like there's a degree of like that kind of stereotype character of like, Oh, she's really only here to like help this woman, but she has her own character arc, you know, same for the artist character. Like, Oh, he's the gay best friend and like the neighbor, but like he has his own character arc and like changes and they all kind of adapt and evolve as the movie goes on. Um, so they don't just stay that person that only exists to help the protagonist, mm. um, which I feel like is, is really, really good. Uh,
2: like, I'm, I'm sure Octavia Spencer is busting down a bunch of casting doors and trying to get work as different things that yeah. aren't this role. And I I feel like it's not. I mean, there
0: were hidden figures. Yeah. She did not yeah. play the same hidden character and in and Hidden, hidden figures. figures. But, like, this and the help. And what else? Yeah. Is she, she's been in. I feel like she's been in something else. Yeah, that also got an Oscar nomination. That wasn't Hidden Figures, but maybe I'm maybe i misremember misremembering.
2: Yeah, but it. I I, I just want to say we're not saying that it's Octavia Spencer's no. in any way. No, no, she's an
0: amazing actor. It's just like she gets cast because of the help. I feel like.
2: Yeah. That that. Or, yeah, and also because of racism. But also, yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Um. But yeah, she's really good in it. Like, everyone is just really, really good. Everyone – and they're all playing to their type. Like I said, Michael Shannon is playing the Michael Shannon character. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doug Jones is playing the Doug Jones character. Octavia Spencer is playing the Octavia Spencer character. But they all do it really, really well. Um, Michael Shannon is terrifying. Uh, Doug Jones – in that same dream sequence, does a wonderful little sh- soft shoe routine. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, the um the main character because I reason we said we
2: were going to do spoilers.
0: It's, yeah, it, that's not really a spoiler because it's it's a dream sequence. It doesn't actually yeah. affect the plot in any way.
1: Well, the fact that I know that there's a
0: dream sequence yeah. in the film
1: now spoils that.
0: Um. <laughs> but yeah. So thanks. There. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, the main character <laughs> is like really into like classic Hollywood musicals, and we see her like dancing a lot. Um, really like one thing that struck me when I was watching it is that I knew, like I said, like, you know, so much about this character without her having to speak a single word. And she like speaks in like sign language and things like mm-hmm. that. And there's subtitles for it. And like, sometimes the other characters, like Octavia Spencer's character has learned sign language so you can communicate with her. And so she'll like translate what she's saying to other characters. Um, <clears throat> but You learn so much about her with no dialogue in the first, like, ten minutes of this movie. Mm. You know, just through visuals. You know everything you need to know about the main character. And it's such good technical filmmaking that, like, it's been a while since I've watched a movie that was this good in terms of the use of, like, the camera telling the story. Yeah. Of course, part of a lot of that is that what we've been watching recently have been shitty movies for this podcast for us to make fun of. <laughs> um and like Marvel movies. Yeah. Which They're like mainstream movies that yeah. just don't, um, you know. So
1: yeah, this is yeah. definitely a film that I want to see. Yes, So I go will see it. I will go see it's, that. It's is it still playing
0: in our undisclosed location? I, I'm not sure. I haven't looked okay. recently. Um I think we watched it like right after the last time we recorded. I think that weekend, so it's probably. I think it just started playing around here, so you could probably still find it. All right, I'll check it out. Um, And then you at home, if you have not seen it yet, it it is. it, It definitely deserves the hype it's getting. No good in terms of, in terms of how it is. You know, how the story is presented. Yeah. Speaking of films that don't deserve their hype, they're getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: you had another film that you I, wanted to talk about. I had
0: another film that I wanted to talk about. I want to talk a little bit about the Oscars first before we get oh, into okay. that. Because, like, Shape of Water has been nominated for, I think, the most Oscars this year, mm. which is weird and surprising, but it makes me really happy. Um, <clears throat> so, I let's. I, I, I'll. Full disclosure before we get into it. <clears throat> Shape
2: of Water.
0: Oh. No, uh, Shape of Water is, is like the only Oscar-nominated movie, other than like Star Wars, that I've seen this year. Mm. There are others on my list that I've been wanting to see, um, but I kind of want to just go through and like see what you guys think. Um, so best pictures. We'll 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 do like best pictures and like best director and like the the leading actors yeah. and actresses, and we'll just kind of leave it at that. I think. So Best Picture, Shape of Water, Darkest Hour, that's the um, the Winston Churchill biopic. Yeah. Dunkirk, uh, Phantom Thread, which is the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie I've been wanting to see, um, Three Billboards has been getting a lot of hype get out I still haven't seen yet I, it's been out for like a year and I haven't I I can watch it it's on HBO we have HBO go I've been meaning to watch yeah, it. It. it I might just yeah. sometime. I just haven't been in the mood to watch a horror movie for once um the post yeah it's it's a it's a Steven Spielberg uh, Tom Hanks like
2: obligatory yeah
0: it's it's here's Meryl your Oscar Streep. movie <laughs> uh, male Streep, Streep, Steven, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg and Tom, and Tom Hanks, Hanks. Am I the only one uh, before before we move on to the next one? Am I the only one that feels like Steven Spielberg is better when he's when he's trying to just make a movie instead of making an Oscar movie?
2: No, I think that's like a fair. I don't know.
0: Like I mean like I I feel like Jaws is a better movie than like Good Night and Good Luck. Oh no, he didn't direct that. I George mean... Clooney directed. No, I mean I um, feel like Jaws is a better movie than um than like Munich. You know what I mean? <laughs> I suppose. I, don't I haven't know. seen either of those. Um,
2: I f- have my own unpopular opinion mm. which I hope I don't get like
0: We'll we'll get into it. Yeah. Um call me by your name. Been getting a lot of praise again what, another one I want to see. Ladybird, um which I've heard I fucking <clears throat>
2: want to see Ladybird. I want
0: to see Ladybird too. Um the one thing I what I've been hearing about what, it what is, is that ladybird? like Ladybird, sorry. Um
2: It's a mother-daughter coming of age story. Mm. Yes. Um
0: one thing that I've been hearing about Lady Burton... I have not seen the movie yet, so I can't say for sure. But one thing that I've been hearing about it is that, like, the writing and the... The writing is impeccable, is what one thing that I've heard. I've heard that the acting, for the most part, is solid. But, like, there are some, like, standouts of, like, like minor characters not being yeah. that great. Because this is a first-time director. The big thing that that I have on here it, that... I understand why it's being nominated for best picture, but if what I'm hearing is true about like the camera work, like the cinematography, I feel like if for something to be like best movie, it's like 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 I was camera saying, like, work needs to with be. the shape of water, like technical aspects of filmmaking should be put into it. You know, I feel like I don't know if it's going to win. I, I feel like probably the post or call me by your name has the best chances of winning. Maybe Phantom Thread from the buzz I've been hearing. And I love Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Um, I've heard that it, this is probably one of his best movies.
2: So did Shape of Water get nominated for... Shape of okay. Water
0: got nominated for Best Picture. Um, best Actress, Sally Hawkins in Shape of Water.
2: Which should totally fucking I,
0: I, I Again, the the amount of emotion that she conveys without opening her mouth. Except for it's that one really scene great. is amazing. Um, Meryl Streep in The Post, of course. Meryl Streep's Obligatory. in a movie this year. She she's getting nominated for an Oscar. Meryl Streep could be in Shrek, uh, Shrek Six and get nominated for Best Actress. I feel like yeah. Uh, Frances McDormand, Three Billboards, uh, Margot Robbie, I Tonya, and and um, the the woman from Lady Bird. I can't pronounce her name, but I think it's Sarah, Sarah Reese Ronan. Um, I don't know. yeah, I don't know. Uh, Best Actor Daniel Day Lewis, Phantom Thread again. It's Daniel Day-Lewis in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Like, "There Will Be Blood" is one of my favorite movies ever. He's fucking great in that. I'm sure he's fucking great in this. No surprise there. Timothy Chalamet, "Call Me by Your Name." Again, no surprise. Um, Daniel Kaluuya uh, K- Kaluuya, Is that?
2: I think Kaluuya.
0: Kaluuya from "Get Out." Denzel Washington from a movie I just found out existed. Uh, Roman J. Israel, Esquire. Anyone heard of that one? Mm. I don't know. Denzel Washington's great. I'm sure he's great in it. Uh, Gary And Gary Oldman in Darkest Hour. He put on a fat suit. <laughs> um, I don't know. I love Gary Oldman. From the buzz that I've heard of Darkest Hour, it's exactly what, what you expect. Yeah. Wasn't
2: Gary Oldman also recently on the list of uh, sexual...
0: Was he? Oh, man, that would make me really sad if he was. Yeah, sorry. He was. Uh, sorry, babe. Oh, is he really...
2: I don't know. I'm looking it up now. Look, look it
0: up, please, because that 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 would make me really sad. So, I, so so darkest hour is exactly what you. think? that's, a, that's what I've heard. Celebration of Churchill ignoring yeah. all his faults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Pretty yeah. much everyone likes doesn't like Churchill, but he's right, and he and then at the end, David, Daniel Day-Lewis. or oh, we're not getting. Uh, then at the end, Gary Oldman gives a really good speech, and everyone likes him. And then we ignore what happens in India. And yeah, we ignore ev- literally everything <laughs> else about him from there on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a movie. It's a dad movie, you know. Yeah, it's a dad. Get, movie. get your get your dad a copy of this on standard definition DVD for yeah. for Christmas this year. Um. Uh. And then supporting actor Sam Rockwell three billboards. Sam Rockwell. I feel like he's. I don't think he's won an Oscar. I feel like he has deserved an Oscar many many times. So if he gets it for this, I'll be happy. Um. Woody Harrelson three billboards. Christopher Plummer, all the money in the world, uh, stepping in for Kevin Spacey to reshoot all of his scenes for him being a huge piece of shit. Um, Willem Dafoe in The Florida Project. That, I feel like, from what I've seen and what I've heard of that movie, I feel like that's probably, like, that and Blade Runner, I feel, are the big snubs for Best Picture. Mm. Like, uh, and then Richard Richard Jenkins, uh, Shape of Water, He's he's the best friend. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like Sam Rockwell probably is going to get that one. Then best director, Guillermo del Toro, shape of water, Jordan Peele, get out, Greta Gurig, lady bird, uh, Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk and Paul Thomas Anderson, phantom thread. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson is probably one of the best living directors. Uh, I feel like it's probably, I don't know if he won. I can't remember if he won one for, um, for there will be blood. I feel like he did because I'm pretty sure that movie won Best Picture. Um, Guillermo del Toro again. This this movie is incredible. If he doesn't get it, I I would I wouldn't be surprised if Greta Gerwig won it just because for a first time filmmaker like this is her first time directing. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's gotten a lot of really solid buzz. So I feel like I feel like she she might get it just for like, the sake of she's a first-time director and this is an amazing first-time outing, Um, I I feel like my pick would either be Paul Thomas Anderson or Guillermo del Toro. Mm. Uh,
2: And I think, I I don't know. What's up? I I think also we we, we need to celebrate more women directors and we need more women directors in Hollywood.
0: And and I feel Um, like, but I, yeah. Not to
2: say that, like, I... I want to believe that she got nominated on her own merits and yes. not that like the Academy felt like, Oh, we need to have a woman in there. Yeah. We're going to get called out by Natalie Portman. I mean, I feel like um, there
0: probably is a bit of, a bit of that going on because again, the Academy yeah. is mostly old white dudes at this point.
2: So, so I looked it up Gary okay. Oldman. The reason why I was thinking it was sexual abuses, because it was tied up in the me too mm-hmm. movement. Um, but it was, it was domestic violence against, against his, his, ex-wife who hmm. he was married to at the time during the early 2000s apparently he like beat her with the telephone and um used to squeeze her neck and hit her damn so, gary Oldman! come on damn gary oldman but not get t- sexual assault get it together so. i mean just regular just regular, regular type um
0: is like that's I'm sorry no no nope, nope. nope, nope, <laughs> no it's not better no it's not Sorry. Um, Sorry,
2: I had to be the one to ruin Gary Oldman yeah, for you. No, it's
0: fine. Uh, best, <laughs> best supporting actress: uh, Leslie Manville, *Phantom Thread*; Allison Janey, *I Lori Metcalf, *Lady Bird*; Mary J. Blige, uh, *Mudbound*. I'm surprised *Mudbound* didn't get more. That was getting a lot of buzz. Yeah. What,
1: about, what is uh, what is this? Like like half these films you're mentioning oh, okay. I don't understand.
0: But what is Mudbound? Um, I I remember I mostly remember getting a lot of Oscar buzz. I don't remember what it was actually about. And then Octavia Spencer, Shape of Water. Okay. Uh. So the
2: uh, IMDb thing. Uh, the IMDb summary for Mudbound is: Lauren McAllen is trying to raise her children on her husband's Mississippi Delta farm, a place she finds foreign and frightening. In the midst of the family struggles, two young men return from the war to work the land. Jamie McAllen, Laura's brother-in-law, is everything her husband is not. Charming and handsome, but he is haunted by memories of combat. Ronzel Jackson, eldest son of the black sharecroppers who now live on the McAllen farm, now ba- battles the prejudice in the Jim Crow self.
0: Yeah, th- I, that one movie had gotten a lot of attention before award season and then like i feel like yeah that's the that's the yeah. only person i think who got actually nominated um i know i said we just want to talk about movies directors and act actors and actresses yeah. but I-, I also want to briefly point out i feel like best animated feature film is a category that has run its course why do you say that um because the nominees this year in order oh, to get God, it yeah. in order to get it to five nominees've got loving Vincent beautiful looking movie uh, all about Vince uh, uh Vincent Van Gogh yeah yeah looks absolutely gorgeous wonderful movie um the breadwinner wonderful like again beautiful looking animation uh has been getting a lot of buzz a lot of attention excellent perfect. Coco, I've heard really good things about. I'm sure it's great. Probably not on the same level as the other two, um, but still really really good movie. And then in order to round it up to 5, we also have Ferdinand and the
1: Boss Baby. Ferdinand is in your cat?
0: Ferdinand is in Ferdinand the Bull, which oh, was which
2: was a 20-page children's, children's book. Children's book which so, I adored. I fucking so loved it. So you know
0: that when they stretch it out to an hour and a half, it's going to be it's going to be wonderful. Yeah.
2: Um, fucking Lego (laughs) Batman came out, though. Yeah, Lego Batman came out last year.
0: Holy shit, I just forgot. Man, what is with the Oscars and hating these Lego movies? It's because I stepped on one too many Legos. I I guess, because, like, the Lego movie didn't get nominated for Best Animated Feature. Lego Batman didn't get nominated for Best Animated Feature, but the fucking Boss Baby did? Give me a fucking break.
1: Yeah.
0: Give me a break.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: wasn't wasn't Ferdinand the Bull made into an animated film back in the 30s probably too? and yeah. then like it was hated by the fascists because they thought it was communist, communist. and hated by the communists because they thought it was fascist. I don't know and hated by everybody else probably because it was pacifist no
2: <laughs> fucking Ferdinand the Bull is a fucking hero because you know what Ferdinand the Bull does he stands up to toxic masculinity <laughs> Ferdinand the Bull is the hero that we need for 2018
0: if only he had a better movie you know um so yeah that's that's kind of yeah oscars things are happening i kind of want to sit down and like watch a few more of these movies i don't really particularly care to see dunkirk um i like christopher nolan but i, I don't know i feel like it's i feel like it's getting nominated because world war 2 is so hot right now um <laughs> like like that and and fighting uh, fascism is so hot right now yeah yeah and darkest hour i mean I, I don't know. I don't have any desire to see either of those movies at the moment.
2: Oh, apparently my life is a zucchini. I'm With sorry. Like, what? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It got really highly rated on. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. Uh, it's called my life is a zucchini. Um, it starred Will Forte, Nick Offerman, Ellen Page and Amy Sedaris. So okay. my that... life is a zucchini, silly titled and adorable characters, a sober story. Whose colorful visuals delight the senses even as it braves dark emotional depths, so. didn't
0: didn't get nominated.
2: Didn't get nominated. Oh know. yeah, this fucking movie looks adorable as shit. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. um, but yeah, like that yeah, didn't the get boss, the boss baby. But got the fucking box baby got nominated.
0: But like, what the hell? What are we doing here, Oscars? What are we doing here? Um, Blade Runner got nominated for cinematography, but uh uh Villain Wave didn't get nominated for best director, but whatever. Uh. Whatever. There's a few movies that I still need to go see. That like like I said, I've, the only one that I've actually seen is is uh is Shape of Water for Best Picture. But I've been wanting to see Phantom Thread. I love Paul Thomas Anderson. I've been wanting to see, uh, I've been wanting to see Get Out. I've been hearing really good things about it, but I don't know.
2: Can I read the description for My Life as a Zucchini? Yeah, go ahead. Um, after his mother's sudden death, Zucchini is befriended by a police officer Raymond, who accompanies him to his new foster home filled with other orphans at his age. At first, he struggles to find his place at this time of strange, as, as in this at times strange and hostile environment. But with Raymond's help and his newfound friends, Zucchini eventually learns to trust and love as he searches for a new family of his own. Brought to life through striking character designs and expressive stop motion animation, the story soars with laughter, sorrow, and joy, and stands as a testament to the resilience of the human heart. Yeah, that shit didn't get nominated. That
0: sounds like a huge piece of shit next to Alec Baldwin reading his lines from uh, <laughs> reading his lines from uh, uh Glenn from Garry- Glenn, Glenn Garrick Garry- and Glenn, Garry- and Glenn Ross. Ross. But as a baby that's that's Oscar quality cinema right there. Uh, anyway, I mean, this is
2: just to say, like, it's not that there aren't really good animated yeah, features it's that just are coming they don't out. Get nominated. they They
0: don't get nominated. Uh, it's they, Well, I mean, there were, again, th- like, three out of the five movies I've been hearing amazing things about. They look absolutely gorgeous, like the triumphs of animation, but they're not getting nominated. Like, all of this stupid, like, Illumination Entertainment, like, Sony-owned bullshit gets nominated in like alongside actual like pieces of art um i'm kind sorry of, i'm not that's fine yeah. I'm, i've always been kind of
1: ambivalent about the oscars like yeah. people yeah. get really s- I, hyped I about too, it and all kind of interested um, in all the nominees and all of this and that here's the thing and every year it comes around and i'm like eh, I'll i here's watch what i want to watch i here's, don't care what old men in suits say
0: here and i agree with you but here's the thing is like if we're gonna do this thing where it's like we put all of this onto you know People in Hollywood giving each other like giving themselves shiny statues. Like we should at least hold it up to a certain standard of quality. Mm. And I feel like the last few years they've gotten a little bit better about it. Again, Meryl Streep's in a movie this year. Got to give her another Oscar nomination. You know, Tom, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg is is doing a, a nonfiction movie. We got to put that in there, even though his fiction work is better and more interesting. Whatever. Like, I don't know. I I just feel like some of that stuff is there for for stupid reasons, but a lot of it looks really good. Can I say
2: some can I say my controversial opinion? Yes. And if you guys don't want to be friends with me, I I understand. Mm -hmm. I don't think Tom Hanks is that great of an actor. No, you're right. Oh, okay, good. No, I agree with you. All right. (laughs) No, no. Tom Hanks
0: Tom Hanks, I I like Tom Hanks like in his goofy eighties comedies. Like big and like Joe versus the volcano. That's not a movie that stands up very well to time, but but like those kinds of movies, like they're like really fun. And then like someone he's just himself in different mustaches. That's all he is
1: army uniform and that exactly. yeah. invade France.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, well, no, even before then, oh, someone yeah. someone put him in another army uniform and, like, had him tell JFK that he had to pee, and we were like, this man is the genius! He is the new coming of Thespis! He is reinvented acting! And then, yeah, like, then, again, like, oh, did Tom Hanks come out with something this year? Better buy that on Standard def- Definition DVD for your dad for Christmas, because, yeah. like... <laughs>
2: I just, yeah, like he
0: produced. Oh man, he's producing another miniseries about World War II.
2: Which to be fair, he's produced some really great stuff for, some great, some for HBO things. in particular, yes, like yes. the John Adams series. And oh, I forgot he produced that. Yeah, he produced oh, the John right. Adams series. Yeah. Um,
0: and and I'm and I'm making fun of it, but like Band of Brothers and and The Pacific yeah. are actually really good. But yeah. but but. <laughs> but. Like he's just yeah. himself in different he's mustaches himself in different mustaches. And sometimes he, he pretends like he has a learning disability and sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> that's Tom Hanks. No, I agree. I, okay, like, good. If there's a, if there is a movie that is like, if we're going to go through a list of like most overrated films of all time, Forrest Gump is going to be near the top of that list. For I me. hate
2: that movie. <laughs> I really hate that movie.
0: It's, don't. Hey, 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 we apologize hey. to all of our listeners in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah,
2: yeah. And hey. now we've lost Tom Hanks as a yeah. listener. Damn it! Hey,
0: hey, hey, hey baby boomers, you you remember how you did the '60s? You remember how you guys did that? That was great. Here's hey. a movie about that. Hey, here's a movie about that. You guys are just like just oh this God. sweet, like kind-hearted man. Doesn't he doesn't believe in racism, guys? He's a good person. His best friend is black. Oh my god. And dead. And dead. Right. Remember remember how bad Vietnam was? Uh, okay, but we need to wrap this you wanna, up. You guys remember uh, JFK? So he was a so really good guy. You
1: were been talking about movies. Okay, yes. Half of Let's, which I haven't heard of before, but then you talked about a movie that I have heard yep. and I've been hearing a lot of okay, hype for and so, you have strong opinions. So
0: on. there was a football game a while ago, guys. <laughs> and during that football game, Netflix was like, Hey guys, we made this movie and you can hey, watch Hey nerds. We you can watch this movie after the football game and I was like, Oh Here's my something
2: God. for you nerds.
0: So it was it was called Sorry. the Cloverfield Paradox, but that was not the original title of the movie. No. The original title of the movie was The God Particle. The God Particle. And this movie was I, I, from everything that I've seen of it, the God Particle was in production for quite a while when JJ Abrams slid his way into the production. Decided to stick he, his finger in the slither, slithered on up and was like, hey do you guys want to make this a Cloverfield movie? I'm like, but this has nothing to do with Cloverfield. JJ Abrams said, but, that's the, fine. Neither did, did the 10 Clo- yeah, neither did 10 Cloverfield Lane. Full disclosure. I still have not seen 10 Cloverfield Lane either. It's another one that's been on my to watch list. Cause again, I've been hearing really good things about that, but for whatever reason, I've decided I wanted to watch shit. <laughs> <laughs> for the last several months, I don't know, and then like an occasional like really solid like C plus B, or C plus B minus kind of Marvel movie, but okay. So so the Cloverfield paradox, um, it, it's the movie that starts before it even starts, like we're still in the middle of the bad robot logo playing, and there are news broadcasters telling us the plot. Oh, okay. And the plot is that Earth will be out of uh, out of natural resources or something in five years. Like, we'll be out of things to make for energy in five years' time. And then... It, it, because the, solar panels don't because exist. Because solar panels don't exist, wind turbines don't exist. We'll be out of energy in five years. Mm. Um, and then there's another news story that plays as it opens up that tells us the same thing with the addition of there is, like, military tensions between germany and russia because that's not a trope that we've seen before uh and then that's just the news and then yeah right and then there we get uh our main character walking into a car that her husband's driving and they're sitting in a line for gas guys because in case you didn't hear those first two stories earth is almost out of resources and there's a long gas line Um, and then the power goes out. Cause guess what guys, we're five years away from being out of resources. And this is the movie for the first, I kid you not, 20 minutes is these characters reiterating the one plot point that they have that earth is running out of fuel. They do throw in a second plot point for like the second, like the, so the first 10 minutes is mostly that. And then a debate between our main character and her husband about whether or not she should go. Oh, do we, we, I need you to go. Well, but don't you want me to stay here and be with you? Well, I, I want you to stay here and be with me, but I'm afraid that if you go, you know, I might never see you again because you'll be lost forever, but I'm afraid that if you stay, everyone else will be. Um, And we find out that she's a scientist. I don't think they ever actually explain what her specialty is. It doesn't matter. Which I feel Bad like science. almost all of the characters in this movie – are scientists and astronauts and none of them are given any sort of actual specialization to explain what their purpose on this project is. But we find out that what they're talking about is there is a, a space station which i swear the first time it's mentioned is called shepherd but apparently the entire re- the, the the shepherd is actually the particle accelerator that's up in the space station okay why you need a particle ex- an entire space station to house a particle accelerator i'm not sure about 3 quarters of the way through the movie there is one single throwaway line about how it's too dangerous to keep on earth but that's never explained <laughs> like we fucking have CERN on earth mm-hmm. it's miles and miles and miles like you'd think that if earth was experiencing an energy crisis, we wouldn't want to expend all this energy to send a fucking particle accelerator up into space <laughs> and all of the research that goes along with it. But apparently this particle accelerator is the one hope we have to have like a renewable energy source. If we, if this worked and if this is, if, if uh, you know what this, it could mean for science. It could mean real advances in the field of science. Because again, solar panels, don't solar exist. panels don't exist. Wind turbines don't exist. Hydro, Electric dams don't exist. No, we no, don't it, have electric cars, it, and I think I'm pretty sure they never give the date. I did see something that said that this movie was supposed to take place in 2028, mm-hmm. so 10 years in our future, guys. Teslas are things that exist now. We have
2: nah. nah. Elon Musk took all of his toys and he went home. He launched
0: them all into space. (laughs) He went to Mars. They're all on the shepherd station. Okay. So anyway, the reason why I brought up why I, the first time they mentioned it, I thought that they said that the ship, the the, the nation, the name of the station was the shepherd, Mm -hmm. but apparently it's just the name of the, the particle accelerator, because in all of these overdubbed lines that are clearly added in after JJ Abrams fucking slid his way in, uh, Hey girl, let me slide in them DMs says JJ Abrams. Um that that all of the all of the uh dialogue, all of those overdubbed dialogue refers to it as the Cloverfield Station. So and then like you see it like superimposed on the outside. It's the Cloverfield Space Station uh is being used to with, to do things with science to make energy happen more. Um <laughs> And so our main character decides she's going to go into space because she needs to save the Earth with her specialty in uh, Science. particle physicist. Is she a payload specialist? Is she a pilot? We never she find is out. She's a mad scientist. She's a scientist. And there's other scientists, too. A whole bunch of nobodies. And the other guy from the IT crowd is the comic relief character in this movie not Richard Iwate? Not Richard Iwate, the Irish guy, the other okay. one. The other the other guy from the IT crowd. <laughs> um and so they're in space and they're getting news broadcasts from the earth and this regular like it looks like CNN, but it's not CNN is like interviewing this guy and it's like, "Oh, well, you're an expert on what's going on up in space." Please tell us about these experiments that these guys are doing, and he's like, they're gonna open up a portal to hell. Demons are gonna come out, and it's like, yeah, that sounds
1: like CNN. It does sound like <laughs>
0: CNN, actually. No, now that you mention it, but it's like that's we the, do
2: live in the Trump era. Don't forget. And,
0: and he calls it the Cloverfield paradox, and so there's your movie title. Like 15 minutes in, it's like when this happens, it could open up portals. So like already within portals the to first. Hell. Within the first 15 is this a minutes. Is secret doom movie? It's not a secret doom movie. I wish it was a secret doom movie. It would be a better movie. It would be a better movie.
2: So I think, I think something that explains a lot of the Cloverfield, not that I saw it, but a lot of the Cloverfield paradox mm-hmm. is apparently J.J. Abrams gave an entire TED talk about his love of MacGuffins. Oh yeah! Oh yeah!
0: Oh yeah! We're gonna get into that. <laughs> his, oh, his mystery boxes. Oh, we're gonna talk about mystery boxes today.
1: Okay. <laughs> I, I saw that TED talk and I was like,
2: Why works? do he need a TED talk about that? Who in TED was like, "You should talk about your love of MacGuffins"?
0: Man, you know what is great? All of Lost after season one.
2: Fucking, you fucking know, TED talks you know gave us no, no. Sorry. <laughs> TED talks gave us like every child needs a champion and the lady who was all like introverts are cool and like just ted talks were so great and fucking jj abrams ruined it i mean they ruined it themselves but fuck you jj abrams but not for the reasons that those stupid misogynistic assholes hate you. Yeah. Cause I like you for those reasons, yeah. but fuck have, you for your love of MacGuffins.
1: We have our other reasons
0: for I, not liking <laughs> Yeah. Let's okay. So let's, let's, Sorry. Let, I'm, I'm going to brief tangent here, but let's talk about like mm-hmm. the, the stupid story, like the stupid puzzle box idea. Mm-hmm. That is the stupidest fucking idea for a story. If the story is meant to be a, a mystery, and it is meant to have, like, things that are open to interpretation or, like, you find them out as you go along. And, like, that's what dr- – okay, great. Perfect. Wonderful. There are some of my favorite movies involve that. Like, uh, Memento is a great fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And that movie is a puzzle box. And by the end – everything makes sense. Everything falls into place. You know, there's some other movies that like, okay, if you're going to watch, I don't know, fucking like, a, like a, 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 a Alejandro Yorowski movie. All right. That movie's going to have some questions. You're going to, you're going to come out of that, like wondering what the fuck has happened. But you know what? That's part of the experience. You're meant to be asking these questions. What you don't need to ask questions about are things about, like fucking Star Wars. Star Wars does not need to be a mystery box. A Godzilla movie does not need to be a mystery box. And J.J. Abrams has built a career on this.
1: It does not need to be in every film. It can work when it works, and it does it, it doesn't.
2: He doesn't do it well. No, like that's the That's the thing. He He doesn't understand the concept of the thing that he claims to love.
0: You have to know what is inside the box in order to make it an
2: intriguing mystery. And he literally (laughs) says in his TED Talk... What's in the bus? I don't know. I don't care. And it's like you don't fucking understand how okay. to use this. What's in all the right. box?
0: Yo, look, God. let me okay, I'm gonna take another I'm gonna take another example. Goodness, I'm gonna take another example. Calm down, dude. I'm gonna take another example. Okay, what's what's in like what's in the suitcase from Pulp Fiction? Okay, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But yeah. you know what? You know who knows? Quentin Tarantino knows. knows what's in that suitcase. It's- we, the audience, do not need to know that because it's unimportant to what happens mm-hmm. in that movie.
1: It's also really underwhelming what's in the suit. Yeah, no, yeah. it's super <laughs> underwhelming. <laughs>
0: but but he fucking matter? knows. Yeah. He fucking knows is my point. Like, you need to be, like, you need to know why it's important to you. And then if you want to build a mystery around it, great, take that out. Okay, so, like, all of the fucking, like, all of the fucking, like, keyboard warriors who got so fucking pissed off at the Force Awakens... For like, who, who's raised parents? Fucking nobody. Who's Snoke? Doesn't matter. He's dead. Like, those were two of my favorite things about it. Yeah. Because you know what? You don't come out of like, like, put yourself in 1977 for a second and imagine you've just walked out of the first Star Wars.
2: You had to walk out of it because there was no gas.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, we'll get back to we'll get back to that later. Okay, so you go, you walk out of the first Star Wars. What questions do you have? I'll tell you, you have fucking zero. Who's Luke's father? Luke's father was a great pilot who was Obi Wan Kenobi's friend. Why is Luke good at the Force? Because he's good at the Force. <laughs> He's the chosen one. He's the hero protagonist of this movie. Uh,
1: what what happened there with uh, Ben Kenobi
0: when he disappeared? Doesn't Yeah, it doesn't fucking no matter. One, no one cares. He's, he's, he's a ghost. No one cares. He's a ghost. He's his, a ghost spirit, his spirit's still around. No, no one cares. No one fucking cares. Mm-hmm. And then, like, okay, so you go to Empire Strikes Back, and it's like, oh, you thought you knew this, but then it was like, oh, oh man, plot twist. Like, there wasn't a mystery. five fucking years or three fucking years of speculation and yeah. mystery and, like, buildup that came out of that movie. You want to know why? Because that movie told its story and didn't need to build anything else up. Mm -hmm. Didn't need to build up like this whole other, like And it did. It eventually does build up this whole other mythology. And we've had like for like 40 years now of star Wars mythology and that stuff's great. But if you want to just go back and watch A New Hope as a self-contained movie, it works as a fucking self-contained movie where you don't need to read the extended universe stuff and you don't need to get on your internet message boards and be like, "Oh, well, how would Luke know how how was Luke able to blow up the Death Star by turning off his targeting computer?" Mar- Mary Sue, like you didn't have that shit. <laughs> um man, I I'm not blaming like J.J. Abrams exclusively for that, but I feel like a lot of this, like, oh, we're gonna set up this mystery that gets solved in episode 9 when I take the movie back over. I swear to God, if episode 9 ends with all of these other stupid mysteries thrown in at the last minute, I will murder This man, <laughs> <laughs> I you heard just, it here first, folks. <laughs> if JJ Abrams right. dies Good after man. episode nine, I will FBI. Is I will team. turn myself in because you know what? Like, it doesn't need it. You don't need it. You don't need it. Doesn't need it. Watch. Well, he so, has a heart
1: attack. Oh and then The FBI shows
0: up. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> okay. What you had to do with this? Okay. Necklace? Okay. Okay. So that's my that's my rant on 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 mystery boxes. Fortunately for this movie, and this is probably the one positive thing that I will say about this movie... I don't really think it's meant to be a mystery box. I think it's just a movie that was written on, like, the first draft of a script. And it was like, why does this happen? I don't know. We'll explain it in a later draft. And then, like, J.J. Abrams, again, like, just kind of materialized and decided, no,
2: keep it the way it is. Hey we'll is throw in a monster. I, all is right. there something I don't understand? Great. Great. We'll, love it. we'll
0: leave it that way because it'll make it seem like it's smart and it's going somewhere. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, By the way, unlike Shape of Water, I give no shits about spoiling this movie. So if you want to watch it, it's on Netflix. You already have Netflix. Go fucking watch it. After you've wasted an hour and 40 minutes of your time, come back and let me explain to you why you've wasted an hour and 40 minutes of your time. Or, wait, okay, before, we you the the that, can, before we get into that,
2: before we get into that, okay, can I just say, J.J. Abrams is like every fucking guy. That I had to take playwriting 101 with. <laughs> and you were like, but what is this character? What? It doesn't matter. But what what does this mean? It doesn't matter. <laughs> and it's like, no.
0: You know, nope. It's You're it's, taking this class, JJ. It's, it's like what Chekhov said. If you see if you see a gun in act one, by the end of act three, the audience should be asking, What's the backstory behind the gun?
1: Where was it made? Where is it made? Where do the Who's, bullets come yeah. from?
0: what does it run off is it of? is it is, like is hair that hair an oak hair. stock or a cherry stock um <laughs>
2: <laughs> no but like like the guys would go into like tons and tons of detail on like their shit and you'd be like you you don't really need this you, yeah you know that's why we have props no but it's my life. anyway Anyhow. sorry i'm not having serious flashbacks to my terrible decisions of being a theater major
0: all right <laughs> So, okay, so back to this movie. Okay, so within the first 15 minutes, you know exactly what's going to happen in the movie, more or less. Hell is going to break. Where they're like, oh, well, it it can bring in sea monsters, giants, dragons, rips to other dimensions in the future, in the past. And it's like, okay, so that's where the Cloverfield monster came from probably is that this thing happened in the future and then ripped open a hole in space-time in the past and then the Cloverfield monster came through in the past. Got it. Okay, um, I'm I there. Mean, I thought, well... But it's actually stupider than that. Yeah, because I had thought
1: that that was kind of explained in, in other ways in the original Cloverfield. No,
0: because you never find out where the monster really comes from uh, in Cloverfield. Because it's, it's the, a puzzle box. No, so, It's a mystery
1: box. Alternate reality games. And, yeah, okay. Yeah. So the
0: ARG yeah. kind of, sort of, maybe gives some hints as to where it comes from. But mm-hmm. yeah, it never actually fully explains it. No. It's got to do with this company that's like doing stuff in the ocean. But whatever. It's, like a it's, yeah, it's a Godzilla Yeah, it's a Godzilla. And that's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Like, Cloverfield was a good movie. I was so super hyped to watch that movie in 2007 when it came out. I was so excited. Oh, was that 2007? It was, no, 2008. Sorry, it was 10 years oh, ago. 10 years ago. Um, and You
2: were much younger then.
0: Yeah, much, yeah. I was, I was young and, and stupid. And, and like J.J. And Well, I don't know. I still, true. I feel like if I went back and watched that movie, if I kind of delete the last decade of, of um like, found footage movies. If it's still like a pretty decent. Eternal
2: uh, uh eternal sunshine of the spotless mind yourself, but only about JJ Abrams. No, and no, not even found about JJ Abrams. Footage not even about
0: JJ Abrams because I feel like this okay, so it's a story that's still a story. It's like there's some mysteries behind it, but like they're not integral to the plot because the plot is all about these characters. These characters, yeah, yeah trying to survive this thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Why does the thing happens? Who knows who cares. Mm-hmm. And there was that We're whole energy about survive. it. Yeah. yeah, but the the yeah the movie itself is about them trying to survive. And, you know, there are a lot of people who are, like, really, really, really needing to know about where that came from. Enter this movie, which doesn't really explain it, but kind of explains it in the stupidest way possible.
2: Bitches, there's fan fiction. There's okay? fan fiction. Okay? F- you don't need it explained yeah. to you. You just go on Archive of Our Own mm-hmm. and read some shit that some 13-year-old idiot threw together. That's, that's what you need. Okay? All right.
0: So Sorry. so so this movie okay so you know what's going to happen in the first 15 minutes then they fire up the accelerator and it's like oh it's not working we're not getting we're not getting unlimited energy from this particle accelerator I don't know enough about physics but I'm pretty sure particle accelerators don't actually pre, like work that way No,
1: you have to expend energy to like a lot of i know energy to that's out. what i'm
0: saying and then, then, then that becomes like one of the major plot points is that they only have enough fuel to like fire it up like three more times or something like that because they've been by the after that initial scene i think it jumps forward in time like a few years and these people have been on the station like working mm. together trying to do this
1: a few years in space without having gone back to earth
0: uh well there's artificial gravity okay um so, yeah. So, again, why can't you just do this on Earth? There's a throwaway line about it's too dangerous to do this thing on Earth. We knew it was too dangerous, but it's like, that's why CERN is buried miles underground. <laughs> you could literally just do that, but whatever. Um, but hell's gonna raise But hell, okay, so... So then what the fuck happens? So then they're like, well if we if we push the science buttons and like move this thing here and blah 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 techno jargon, maybe we can do it. And so they do it again and this time it works and they get like a stable thing only uh tachyons, science, uh, quantum entanglement blah 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 and suddenly they look out all the windows and earth is gone and they look out all of the things. i like, Oh, where's earth? We've moved far away. We've got like earth has disappeared. We can't reach it on the radio. All of this stuff. Okay. All of this stuff. Again, I'm going to remind you that these are supposed to be the smartest people on the planet. Like the last best hope for humanity to survive. And they're like, Oh, we, we looked for it. It's not there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um so then I don't even remember what happens. Like this movie is not a movie, it's a series of events that happens. This movie is a clip show of scenes from other better movies. Okay. <laughs> did you like Alien? I did like Alien. Alright, well, we've got some stuff from Alien from for oh, you for you. Oh boy. Did you like Event Horizon? Then we've got some Event Horizon stuff in here for you. Did you like Evil Dead? Well, we're gonna do stuff from Evil Dead, only we're gonna play it straight. Alright? It sounds terrible. It's awful. <laughs> it is pure god-awful nonsense. So, okay, so there's a I mentioned earlier that there is that there is uh political, like military tensions between Russia and Germany. Mm-hmm. So in the people on board, there's a Russian guy and a German guy. And they're angry at each other. Your country which, is threatening my country. Which,
1: uh, even during, like, the height of the Cold War, when they started doing joint Soviet-U.S. missions in, like, mm-hmm. the, the 80s, that never stuff happened. Like, today, Russian and cosmonauts and American astronauts, they are – they have to get along. Because yeah. otherwise, you know, it's not, it's not going to work. yeah. Okay. Do, does everyone speak English in this? Everyone
0: speaks English except for the Chinese lady who speaks Chinese, but everyone else seems to understand Chinese.
1: Because in on the actual International Space Station, like all the the English all the, the American astronauts have to learn Russian and all the yeah. Russian astronauts have to learn English.
0: And so that, that is actually something that's good because it's all like everyone speaks English as kind of the lingua franca, and then I think I can't remember the Chinese lady also speaks English, but she just mostly speaks in Chinese, but everyone can understand her anyway. Okay. So right. I don't know. And then, like, there are the other characters will occasionally say things in Chinese to her. So it's, like, that's, like, probably one of the few, like, accurate things about space in this movie. (laughs) All right. So, okay. So there's an international crew. The main character is British. The the leader is, of course, American. Um, The the Irish guy from the IT crowd is the Irish guy from the IT crowd in space. (laughs) Um, And then there's a Russian guy who's angry and a German guy who's cold and calculating. And then there's a Chinese lady. Um. All right. So that's our cast of characters. I don't remember any of their names. I think the 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 I think the Chinese lady's name is Tam, and I can't remember everyone else. Okay. (laughs) Um. So so they were like, oh, a thing happened. It worked for a little bit, but then a thing happened, and now we're far away. Let's go figure out. There's a lot of broken stuff, so we got to fix things. So then they start fixing things, and. And the the Russian guy is all paranoid that the German guy is somehow responsible, which is like, yes, in order to allow war between your two countries, he has sabotaged this thing that he's been working on you with for Three years <laughs> in space in a closed environment. Yes, of course, obviously, that's the thing that happened. Mm. Um, and now it's his fault that the Earth has disappeared. He hit it clearly. He, he, hit, he, he lost hit it. He it from you. <laughs> <laughs> These those those sneaky Germans. Did you check under the sofa yeah. cushions? <laughs> oh, wait for that.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. wait okay. for that.
0: <laughs> okay. okay, so that there's there's tension among the crew, and everyone's got to work together. Okay, so they start like trying to fix things. Um... And things are missing. Like, there are key components of their science doohickeys that have scienced away. Um, They have worms on board for some reason worms? they discover that all the worms are gone i guess maybe in addition to tra- solving trying to solve the energy crisis with science they're also doing like other experiments well, I mean, which makes sense do, i yeah. mean that usually is what they do i don't know what they're all, they're up there for they're never explained why they're there the irish guy from the it crowd being the comedic character is like oh hey the worms are gone in one scene um and then that's it for a while mm. with that um, and uh, then, then are the worms huge? Well, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> okay. okay, so then they go to, um, then like weird random shit starts happening. And I'm going to apologize because I don't remember what order any of this ha- stuff happens in. Because none of it really matters. Mm-hmm. Um, it just is stuff that happens. So one, the first thing that happens that's like a major plot point is they hear a noise in the wall. They open the wall up, and there's a woman in there. A woman that they, they don't know, and she's like screaming, and she's got like wires and like bars and parts of the ship like through her body, and so they have to cut her out of there. Showdown, mm. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, yeah. is again, it, this is a movie that is pieced together from other better things. Mm. Um, so they take her out of there. Um, there's another guy. I, th- I think he's Brazilian, and he's the doctor. Mm. Um, he's the only person whose actual specialty I think is talked about. Except for, like, the, the German guy and the Chinese lady, like, work the particle accelerator. Mm. Like, they're the engineers. Um, so they take her out. They operate on her. Um, and she knows them by name. And she's talking to them. And they're like, well, who are you? Where do you come from? And she's like, you don't remember me? I've been here since the beginning. And you see a picture of the crew. And she's there. And our main character isn't. And this is where you first find out. Ooh, okay. This is where you find out that they've switched universes. Mm. That the main character in this universe is their civilian coordinator or something back on the ground and in this unit in the other universe she went up into space um okay well, why did that happen well because of character development this this character is a believable realistic character that you like in the universe that our main character comes from her children died in a fire that was her fault because she was siphoning off power in an illegal way to like get more power for her family and that thing caught fire and all and her children burned up in the house fire and in the other universe, she hadn't done that yet, and so her children are still alive. So that's why she decided to stay on Earth, um, and that's her motivation. Here's the motivation for our main character throughout the rest of the movie: uh, is that on this, in this universe, her children are still alive.
2: Uh, I fucking hate JJ.
0: Um, he didn't. In fairness, he did not write this. Okay. He threw in a few scenes and he produced it. But this movie was already most of the way made when J.J. Abrams like, popped his was, little head in there. Was the
2: original writer... Um- a a man
0: probably i honestly don't remember it's a piece of shit it doesn't matter like this is this is a movie this is like this would have been very forgive forgettable this is a sci-fi channel original movie that (laughs) jj abrams slapped his name on and that's pretty much it
2: and cloverfield tm
0: yes and cloverfield and also cloverfield um okay so this this lady uh, okay so she's in the med day for a while unconscious while this is happening the, the the Russian guy is complaining about having headaches. He looks in the mirror, and we get a scene from Prometheus where his eye is, like, moving around in different directions all on its own. It's like, we've got one eye looking forward, the other eye's looking to the side. Why does this happen? I don't know. Never explained. Oh, I it.
1: thought you were going to, okay. But
0: yeah. he starts talking to himself. Mm. And he goes to a 3D printer, and he prints a gun. <laughs> And he says, he says something like, yes, I know, or something like that. Is like, is he going crazy? Is he talking to someone? We don't know. Never find out. He goes, he tries to shoot the, um, he tries to shoot the German guy. Um, the German guy and the Chinese lady are trying to fix the particle accelerator, figuring, Hey, if we redo the thing that we did before, we'll wind up back where we were. Um, and so he does this, there's a fight in the fight. I think the Russian guy dies. Or, like, he – is this – no, I can't remember what exactly what happens. But yeah, the, the Russian the Russian guy dies. Um, at some point, I think it's either as he dies or after he dies, like, a whole bunch of worms the, – the worms explode out of him. Uh,
1: so that's where the worms went.
0: And that's exactly what the, the, the character the, – the, the, the other guy from the IT crowd says that exact line. <laughs> we found out where the worms went because he's the comic relief character. Mm. He's funny. Guys, wouldn't you say that if a whole bunch of worms exploded out of your friend that you've been working with on this space station for years? I mean, (laughs) if you
1: you gave up. If you realized you were in this movie.
0: (laughs) So he explodes with worms. What were the worms doing in there? Did that have anything to do with his eye moving around? Did it have anything to do with him going crazy? Also, this guy, like, prints off this gun in, like, five minutes. Where did the bullets come from? Did they 3D print gunpowder? I don't understand. But anyway, they lock that gun up. Oh and you they make sure they will linger on that gun so you know that's coming back later. Um, so that's locked up in a thing. Uh, then the Irish guy from the IT crowd is trying to fix something else and then the wall like comes alive and like sucks his arm up into it and he's like sucking the wall and like it's moving him around and like throwing him around and he's screaming and having a terrible time and the other characters come in and they pull him and they pull him and they pull him and they eventually pull him out and then they film it in such a way that it's like oh his arms off. Oh, his arms off. Oh, his arms off. And then they show him sitting up and he looks and oh his arm's off. Mm. What a surprise. Aren't well, you surprised no. that his arm's not there?
1: I, I didn't see that one coming.
0: Um uh and it doesn't feel any pain, but it's just it's just gone. It, like it teleported away. And then you like see Like the earth. Like the earth. And then you see his arm crawling around later. Why is it crawling around on its own? How is it working? Cuz we had to do Evil Dead. Yeah, cuz we had to do Evil Dead. Only it's like it's it's done like everyone else is kind of scared of it and like terrified by it except for the guy whose arm it is and he's like, "Oh, I found my arm." Who's making jokes about it? Just big jokey jokes, because that's his character. He's the funny Irish guy. Yeah. Um it's The beast with five fingers. It's the beast with five fingers. God, yeah. <laughs> Better movie, man. Better fucking movie. Um, okay, so they lock the bo- They lock the arm up in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, they with have the gun. No, not with a gun. <laughs> um, they have it in this like this big like plastic box. So they put it in that's just exactly arm sized. I don't know. Tupperware container. It's a Tupperware container for arms. (laughs) Keep your arms fresh for up to six weeks. Um, And then they're looking at it, and it's like, oh, it looks like it's writing. And so they give it a pen and paper, and it says to cut the – and then what it writes down is you need to cut the German guy open. How does it know that? Is it being controlled by the the funny Irish guy from the other universe? Well, no, because we find out when this woman wakes up that their space station crashed – And so, like, she's the only survivor. All the rest of them died in the crash. So, who's controlling it? Why is this happening? I don't know, man. Bear is driving. How could that be? Quantum (laughs) physics. If we say quantum physics enough times and quantum entanglement, it means that we can do whatever weird shit we want and just uh, Mm. quantum entanglement. So, they cut the guy open, and for whatever reason, he has the part of the particle accelerator that was missing in his tummy, um and so they use that i think that might actually be the part where the worms come out i can't remember but it doesn't matter because the worms don't show up again at any other point in the movie they add nothing it was just a gross out scare
2: the uh, irish guy his name is chris O'Dowd, by the way
0: um yeah chris o thank you so around this time the the lady from the other universe wakes up and she explains that she's from the other universe and she's like You need to look at the communication logs for the German guy because the German guy is actually working for German intelligence and he's been sabotaging us the whole time. And they look at his communication logs and they find out that he's works for German intelligence and he's been sabotaging them the whole time. But that wasn't actually this one. That's the one from the other universe. Why is the same person from two different universes that are so close to each other doing such radically different things? I don't know. Quantum entanglement. Doesn't matter. Um, this one, like, they don't explain his motivations. They don't really, but like, they, there's like this whole thing where you're kind of suspicious of him through the rest of the movie, but that comes to nothing. Uh, so,
1: so why why does German intelligence want to sabotage the free
0: energy machine? Because so, because they want to neutralize Russia first before it works, even though they don't have a limited number of times they can use it. But
1: like, Russia is an energy producing country, yeah, not an energy. Germany is an energy consuming they, country. You think none of us. Create the free energy first. But, Alex,
0: we're running out of power. Yeah, but... But if we're running out of power, we need to go to war, because that's what's going to happen. I
1: mean, that's true, but that's not how it would
0: play out. I know. (laughs) It would be the other way around. Yeah, it's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, at this this point in the movie, that there's a long, stretched-out thing where, like, all of the other ancillary characters die as they're trying to get things fixed. So... Everyone wants to go back to the main universe, except for the main character, who's like, oh, but if I go back to this world, my children will be alive. And the other lady from the other universe that's like... Wait, I thought Earth was missing. Okay. Hold on to that. (laughs) I think, okay, at some point in the movie, you said the thing about it being on the... Did you check under the couch? At some point in the movie, and again, it doesn't matter when, because it doesn't really, like, affect a whole lot. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, we forgot to check on the other side of the sun. So they just kind of moved. <laughs> they're still in the solar system. Uh, they, okay. they, they look outside and they're like, oh, there's Cassiopeia. Oh, it's upside down. Oh, that means we moved. Oh, there's the earth. <laughs> we didn't look hard enough, guys. It sun. was It was under the couch cushions the whole time. <laughs> And then they're getting news from there, and it turns out that Russia and Germany have been at war for like fourteen months at mm. this in this universe, which might explain why he's working for German intelligence. But I'm pretty sure that they said that he's been on the station for like over a year. I don't remember. Anyway,
1: so does NATO not exist? I don't know. Okay. I don't know.
0: None of this is explained. It's a mystery box. Um. So, so then what happens? I don't know. Fucking woman from the other universe is like, oh, watch this guy. And they do that thing. I think I already explained that. Um. Oh no! I remember. She wants to. She wants to go back to the, her earth. Like our thing exploded, but we can save everyone if we if we start this machine back up. If you take this, you
2: just dig down deep and believe. If you
0: if you take if you get it working deep and you take unbelieve? it believe. If,
2: if you it, dig down, down deep, deep and believe. If, 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 oh, dig you,
0: down deep. if you if you we if
2: just you reach a little harder.
0: If you get it working and you take it back to your universe, then you're murdering eight million, like eight billion people. But it's like if they. Booted up here and they don't take it back to their universe, they're still murdering 8 billion people, cause like one of those universes is fucked. <laughs> but uh, they're on
1: the other side of the sun,
0: right? Yeah. <laughs> but the I don't know. That the the actual thing about how they get back to Earth, I don't think, is ever actually talked about. Something, something, something escape pods. Um. Anyway, so then what the fuck happens? Then I think we start the long march of death where people die in stupid ways. Um, the Chinese lady, like, is in a room that somehow gets flooded with water and they can't get her out. And the outdoor airlock, like, bursts open and all the water freezes. It's actually, in a better movie, that would actually be a pretty cool death sequence. Because it's like, oh, you think she's going to drown? But nope, (laughs) this other thing happens instead. And it's like, oh, well, that's actually... Kind of creative. Kind of clever. That's the most creative thing in the entire movie. I wish it was in a better movie than this one. <laughs>
1: Um, so, so she, you know JJ Abrams had nothing to so do with it. So
0: she died then and the Irish the funny Irish guy um, is in a thing where they're like, oh, we need to fix this thing, but that Not would the
2: funny Irish that guy that would make this
0: room filled with pure oxygen for a while, so don't create a spark and then magnets happen and it pulls a CO2 canister. And I guess that's enough to make a spark when it hits the metal bulkhead because then there's an explosion and he's dead. Then they go to fix something else, and it's, like, the main character, the American leader guy, and someone else. I can't remember who the third character is. But then they're like, oh, it's that trope where someone has to stay on the other side of this locked door or else this wouldn't work. So the American leader guy is going to heroically sacrifice himself. So he does that thing, and he dies. Um... And eventually we're down to, and then okay, so then we're down to the lady from the other dimension, the main character, and the German guy. What
1: happened to the Brazilian? And the Brazilian
0: guy? Though? Oh yeah, I forgot about the Brazilian guy because he doesn't really do much of anything after he operates on this on mm-hmm. the woman. But um, so they're all like, okay, well we need, we finally got it all up and running. The Chinese lady before she dies figures out what was wrong with it the first time. Something, something, something condensation. We need to vent. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was it. That was the problem. The, the 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 there was there it got waterlogged, and that's why we got shunted into another dimension.
1: Remember, people, buy one of those air canisters and be sure to clean out your yeah. computers from yeah. time to time. Yeah. Otherwise, the fan
0: wasn't fucked. working properly. I don't know. It was dumb. It's dumb. It's all dumb. Everything in this movie's dumb. So,
2: so you know we keep saying, like, it's dumb. It's dumb. Um. So I just, I just pulled up the Wikipedia article on it. Apparently, mm-hmm. this was, um, it was written by a dude. Okay. Not only was it written by a dude, but it was a spec script. Yeah. Um, So that means that he's. It
0: wasn't actually made to be made. It was made to show, like, here's my writing style.
2: So this guy is, like, literally the the, the guy from my playwriting class. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I'm
0: anyway. Trying to... Um. Yeah. I just wanted to throw yeah. that out there. Um, this, so... this is literally
2: the dude you went to college with.
0: So then, what happens? Um, Not literally, literally, but so so then we're down to the Brazilian,
2: figuratively, literally. Oh, okay.
0: To the main character. Actually, went to
2: college with this guy. Okay. The main
0: character, the Brazilian guy, the German guy, and then the lady from the other dimension. And the lady from the other dimension gets all angry and is like, "We need to save my planet. The people are dying down there." And like she's like, acting like she's gonna go down to the to their Earth. With the main character, because he's like, oh, your family's alive down there, and we're friends, and you can trust me. And then she gets her into the escape pod, punches the main character out, and starts the sequence. With the goal of, like, starting up this, this power generator to make power for her world. Because otherwise it's going to go back. Like, they're going to take the spaceship, the, the 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 thing, back to their universe. Um, And then she goes, and she murders the Brazilian guy. And then she goes, and she shoots the German guy in the shoulder. But he lives... And then the the main character wakes up and gets out of the escape pod and she fights the lady from the other dimension. And then there's, they're fighting, fighting, fighting. They're wrestling over the gun. Then there's this big poignant scene where you see the video from, of her and her family from this dimension comes up on the big view screen. That's also like a window to the outside, which is something we saw earlier in the movie. And, while she's wrestling with the lady, she shoots the gun at the the thing and, like, sucks her out the airlock and, like, saves the day. And then she and the German guy power the thing back up and go back to their dimension. But before she does, she gives this message to the, herself in that dimension, like, don't do the power thing. Don't make the mistake I did. You got to save your family. And then she goes back to her home dimension. <sighs> okay. Throughout all of this, there's been a subplot. With their the her husband back on Earth. Okay. As is, is he cheating on her? No. He is going to his job at the hospital. There's been emergencies and we think it's the war the war is starting. Like the war we see in the other dimension, we think it's starting in this dimension. But no, it's the Cloverfield movie. It's, So, so like things are blowing up. We hear all this stuff. We see all this stuff. He saves this little girl. He gets to into a shelter that his friend has for some reason. And they're like hanging out there and he gets a text from the the parents. Someone gets in contact with the parents of this girl and they thank him for rescuing her. And then, so the end of the movie, they get back to their home dimension, the German guy and the main character lady get into the escape pod. They launch back to earth and then it cuts back to the husband. It's like, They're not, you're not letting her come back to this guy, other guy on the phone that I don't think we ever actually see. You're not letting her come back. Tell her to stay up there. Tell her to stay up there. She can't come back to these things. And then the last thing in the movie is the escape pod goes through the cloud and the Cloverfield monster's head comes up over the top of the cloud. And that's the end. It's fucking dumb. It's, it is not, it is dumber than Bright. Like, Bright is so lucky that it is now no longer the dumbest Netflix original I've seen this year. Uh,
1: I don't know if you could claim that.
0: No, 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 no. This movie is dumber than Bright. Because Here's Bright, why.
1: Because Bright is trying to tell, say a thing. Uh, yes. This isn't trying to say a thing. Yes. Oh, is it?
0: <laughs> that's, no, that's my point, is oh. that Bright is at least trying to do something. I would argue the This movie the opposite. attempts to do nothing and <laughs> fails. I would
1: say the opposite. Sorry. I would say the opposite. sorry. Uh, in that when Bright is trying to say something about a complicated and important issue and failing yeah that does more damage than this movie that isn't trying and doesn't do anything but it's
0: it's 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 just nothing like i know i got really angry talking about it but i at least i at least had more fun i had more fun watching bright than i had watching this movie
2: i i think it's better to be innocuous trash though than like damaging trash
0: I, I i i I would rather it be like the most horrible shit ever cuz at least that way I'm feeling something rather than feeling nothing. Wow. And I know I sound angry now but that's only because like this movie has been getting so much attention and it's like it's a brilliant piece of marketing but it is a garbage product. Well like maybe maybe I mean at
1: least we haven't seen the movie. Yeah. So uh. maybe we we don't know but from what it sounds like i wouldn't necessarily say it's worse than
0: it i would say it's worse than bright because it, it again bright bright reaches for the stars and crashes and burns miserably but i can admire it for at least trying to do something it fails on every level spectacularly but it tried to be something unique and original and i can i can't fault it for that again this movie is just a whole bunch of like really really trite like if if you are at all a fan of science fiction you have seen this movie a million times before in a million different other things and each version you've seen of it is better than this Mm. and it's just like it it doesn't attempt anything new it doesn't attempt anything creative it's just boring drab and i don't know and then the ending is just dumb the ending is ridiculously dumb because it like it's marketed as this whole thing of like Oh, it will finally explain the mysteries. Nope. Like you can infer that like the the experiment as a result of this create caused the Cloverfield monster thing to happen, but that's never actually explained. Mm-hmm. It's never actually addressed at any point in the movie. You see it, you can see it in the background of apparently some scenes. I missed it. You can see the monster like like when you think the war is going on, if you look closely, the monster's walking around in the background, and then you see it at the very very end. And like that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. Thank yeah. you for taking us through uh, that film. God, it was a piece of trash. Don't watch it. Unless, like, if you want to get, like, angry at a movie, watch this movie. But if you don't, if you want to watch something good, watch, like, anything else. Okay. Um, watch 10 Cloverfield Lane. That's supposed to be really good. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, um, I think we're a bit... I don't like to say we're running out of time because we, there's no time limit on these things. Yeah, but we've I got other things we need to do we've this We've got evening. other things. So I think we're going to go ahead and go straight to webcomic of the week. Yes. There was there were some other things I wanted to talk about, but we can talk about that next Yeah, week. well, we've got another um, one more time. So webcomic for this week is a webcomic called ra ru uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, it's R-A-R-U-U-R-I-E-N. Uh, it is just getting started, so if you wanted a webcomic to kind of get in on the ground floor, this is a good one to do. But it is a Indonesian webcomic set in a kind of a mountainous uh, fantasy kind of world. Uh, but it's, it's about this uh, woman uh, whose name is uh, Rien and her two sons, Ra and Ru. And she is the town kind of uh, herbalist. She's, she kind of makes medicines for people. It, it's kind of a medievalish setting, but not. Uh, and she is also a magic user of some kind. She's like, the people talk about her behind her back as being a witch. Uh, but the kind of, what has happened before the story even starts is her husband uh, died from some disease, which isn't quite fully explained yet, and one of her sons got this disease and almost died, but lived and lost some memories and some uh, the, some of the things uh, in the result. Uh, and it's it's largely from, from what I, like I say, it's only just getting started, but from what I've been able to see, it's kind of a, about these two kids, uh, the, the older of the two, uh, whose name is, I believe, Ra, and the younger of the two, Rue, Rue trying to regain his memories and Ra trying to gr- basically grow up with the knowledge that his brother might never be the same. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of deals with the ostracize, ostraciz- what is the word? Ostr-
0: ostracizing.
1: Yeah, that the ostracizing uh, nature of their kind of position in society. Um, the people that know them seem to really like them, and they seem mm-hmm. to get along well. But other people that don't, of course, kind of yeah. talk behind their back. Uh, it also has got this kind of weird thing where, like, most many of the the characters are human, but there's also this kind of goat-like humanoid species that also lives alongside them in any case it's just getting started the main plot i would say for the entire story hasn't really gotten off the ground yet but it's a good place to start it's really well illustrated very well done uh and i would highly recommend it to uh you guys
2: all right so, sounds good yep
1: and so, so that is uh ra and,
0: and I think that's our show for this week, guys. Thanks for listening to our rants. Thanks for listening to, uh, I don't know, everything that we thought yeah. as, as, as uninformed as most of it was this week. Uh, and, yeah. And
1: we'll, we hopefully will see you again sooner rather, sooner than, than, later. rather than later. Yeah. yeah uh,
0: next week, again, we will be uh, playing Spell with uh, Taylor Smith. Uh, hopefully we'll be getting that up uh, on our feed. If not, we will link to it on social media so that you guys can listen to that yeah, if you would like. Speaking of social media, you can follow us at Some Nerds of a Fan Page on
1: Facebook and on Twitter at Some Nerds... Some we have, Nerds Pod. Some Nerds Pod. Or we have a nerdcast. So we have a nerdcast, that's it. Yeah.
0: I, why do I remember it and I don't do anything with the Twitter, but the two people who do don't remember uh, it? I don't know. Um, and you can also email us at some nerds have an email at gmail.com. Yeah. What was that again? That's some nerds have an email at gmail.com. All right. So thank you once again, everybody.